0: You're listening to a DM podcast. I do remember, like I can sort of visualize the listener chart that we had and it. It started, it ground along for ages, like to the point where if we didn't enjoy what we were talking about, we definitely would have thrown the towel in. I'm talking 100 listens, 110, like, and it just sort of ground along, ground along. And then all of a sudden you just, we just started to get this hockey stick um and we were like holy shit we're onto something here don't know what it is but uh it just kind of came that numbers obsessed and started playing around with things and what episodes work and as as i said we've played with our formats and played with different ways of structuring episodes and that sort of stuff and then that hockey stick just sort of kept growing and you know you just start getting on a roll and away you go Today, we talk with Bryce
1: and Alec from Equity Mates, the investing podcast taking you from beginning to dividend. Hi, I'm Jules. And with me as always is Anthony. And this is Behind the Podcast. As they say, the best way to learn is to do. So the guys started this podcast as a vehicle to help them learn about investing and podcasting. And it's grown along the way to them hosting live events interviewing some of Australia's most famous investors and even having chats with former prime
2: ministers. I like how they haven't tried to compete with the traditional finance media who tend to focus on that day in the market. Instead, the guys focus on long-term wealth creation. With a relationship going back to their start as university roommates, there's also a level of banter and humour you just don't see in finance media. Alec, where did this all begin?
3: We started the podcast in 2017, so three and a half years ago. But I guess for us we started the podcast cuz we wanted to learn about investing and the origin story of that is a little bit further back. I was the classic Australian dumb investor, I think you could say. The first trade oh, I right. made, I lost 99% of my money on it. Really it's flamed out. In a in a <laughs> little really bit familiar way. with this story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce on the other hand was the, you know, the textbook example, you know, saving when he was a kid and putting a little bit away, investing, holding it for the long term and so I guess the podcast started because Bryce knew what he was talking about, I didn't um, but together we both wanted to learn more about finance and investing. You sort of, you grow up knowing it's a skill that you should have, you, you, you know that there's money to be made if you know about investing Yeah, but you just don't learn about it and so for us the podcast was an opportunity to sort of teach ourselves.
0: There was also not a lot of content in Australia that was Australian focused. Um, podcasts were also very young. I mean, not you know, still are, I, I would, you know, compared to where YouTube's at at the moment, yeah. for example, but, um, you know, there were definitely no podcasts that we were listening to that spoke to beginner investors with an Australian focus.
1: So, you did do a bit of research and have a look at what was out there and listen
0: to the, yeah, the well, competition, we, if you will? Yeah, we were both podcast listeners at yeah. the time and yeah. we were listening to these podcasts over in America, the big finance investing podcasts, and a lot of it was kind of just going over our heads and we we're like, there's got to be other people out there who are, wanting to listen to what we want to listen to. Yeah, it's a bit of a different vibe, the American investor spiel. We really used it as as an excuse to just go and knock on the doors of CEOs and fund managers and be like, hey, we run a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) How many listens are you doing? Oh, it doesn't matter. uh. (laughs) So, how did you get from that
3: original idea? How did you actually get the momentum to start a podcast? Honestly... We sort of just decided to start it. We first spoke about doing a website and write on a website, but we quickly realized (laughs) (laughs) Bryce hates writing and no one really reads written content anymore or at least not to the same degree as listening and and watching. We were both podcast consumers and we, we sort of saw a gap and we were like, you know, let's just give it a crack. Bought some shitty mics. And-
0: I wouldn't even preface it with mics, sir. It wasn't plural. It was one like uh, microphone that you would use. Because at the time I was studying music at ANU, I'm pretty sure. And it was like this uh, microphone that you would use to record an acoustic guitar. No, oh, no. no. Yeah, no bigger <laughs> than a Coke can. So, you would serenade Alex with your... Yeah.
2: <laughs> Still does. So, you two were like backup singers singing into the same mic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it was oh, nice.
0: Really yeah. up close and personal. And, and, and I remember so clearly the first episode, it was out on the balcony of the share house that I was living in. So, birds were flying around, no acoustic, uh, like, you know, set up at all. We have put the mic down and sort of said, yo, what's value investing? <laughs> And uh, then didn't improve the sound quality for like two years, but anyway.
3: We've kept all those old episodes up, so if you don't believe us, go and listen to our very first episode and you will very quickly stop listening because the audio quality is terrible. I have started definitely from the very beginning and it was
1: interesting, I I think for sure, to hear. The progression from first to kind of current, I think it's definitely evolved a lot.
0: I mean, it was just one of those things as well. We didn't even know what we were looking for in terms of mic setup. And like, There was just a thousand... How do you even get a podcast... Out there, like setting up RSS feeds mm-hmm. and all this stuff. That I think Feedburner was the thing back then. Google, I think, it was called Google.
4: Feed yeah, yeah, or whatever. Was it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
0: you know, a lot to get through.
2: Well, we recently listened to that first episode. Oh god! And there was, there was a very interesting quote you had in there. Oh, no. <laughs> you, called it, you called it the podcast for everybody by a bunch of nobodies.
0: Not bad. That's a really good line. We should bring that back. <laughs> How do you feel about that now? I would hate to think of ourselves as nobodies because then it's not really...
3: All right, right, i big Well, that's... no, I mean, like, <laughs> you don't
0: want to be trying to build a, a brand and a podcast around saying that you're a nobody and you shouldn't be listening to us. But I think that really just played into our sense of what are we doing? We have grown, absolutely mm. grown through that.
3: We never wanted to portray ourselves as the experts. Too many people yeah. get on a podcast and they start telling their audience what to think and how, how they should learn and what they should read, blah, blah, blah. That's not us at all. Like we are our audience mm. where all we try and do is speak to these experts that we wouldn't otherwise hear from and just let them sort of speak for themselves. We still to this day, you know, we've learned a thing or two, but we're definitely not experts by any stretch of the imagination. So Bryce may not like being called well. a nobody, but, <laughs> but definitely not somebody. <laughs> yeah, But you are dealing with
1: money and financial matters, which can be a bit of a balancing act. Uh, you're potentially giving people advice on what to do with their hard-earned, so, how do you find that balance?
0: We found the sweet spot. I th- Well, I think we're just good at making markets seem understandable and yeah. digestible. And we are the conduit between th- the world of finance and investing and the experts out there and bringing them to our audience in a way that they can actually learn and get something from. So, yeah, we're not definitely sitting there going these are the right things to do it's mm. how can we just make it accessible
2: it's really
3: nice it's like an open book approach
2: mm.
0: yeah
3: i mean there, there's a lot of people in the financial ecosystem that benefit from markets being confusing yeah you know, that there, there's um, and not to name any names or anything but um, <laughs> yeah there, there's a lot of people that clip the ticket on the way through and stuff like that um and at the end of the day what what you're doing when you're investing in a company is you're taking an ownership stake in a business that is trying to you know sell its products or services or expand to new markets, often started by incredibly smart people who have hired incredibly smart executive teams. Yeah. And when you really simplify it to that, if I had the choice of buying a house or buying an ounce of gold or investing in some of the smartest people in the world trying to, you know, solve the biggest problems with the best teams and a lot of money behind them, it's a no-brainer. And and when you simplify it to that, it's like Cut the jargon, cut the noise, just focus on investing in good companies run by good people. Yeah,
1: makes me feel like I should be doing this a
3: lot more. (laughs) Maybe less sports
2: gambling
0: and
4: more investing.
2: So how did
0: you guys first meet? Uh, We met at university back in Canberra. Yeah, We went to ANU. Somehow ended up living together. We obviously met at college, lived on college, and then, yeah, so then um, we both sort of, lived in separate houses, and then as things happened at uni, houses change and whatnot, and Alec and I ended up living together and have pretty much been together ever since.
1: (laughs) And when did, Alec, when did you find out, you know, Bryce's little dirty secret of putting away 50 cents per fortnight, was it, and just building upon this?
3: I reckon when we were living together, you were pretty interested in in the markets, and you definitely had a good approach then. I don't know when I found that out specifically, maybe when we spoke about it on the podcast, but you definitely... Had a good investing mind, like mindset, at that time. Me, on the other hand, had had a bit of a punt on a bit of sport uh, at college, and you know wanted to make money quickly, and yeah. sort of was like, "Oh well, Bryce seems to be doing this. I'll pick up a copy of the AFR and try and figure it out." Yeah, and uh, didn't to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a learning experience, and honestly, losing all my money on my first trade was probably a good thing because yeah. you very quickly realise. You have to do a bit of work and um
0: well you lost almost all your money on all your sports betting so true and that didn't stop him (laughs) (laughs) you started to narrow
1: in on what you wanted to be essentially a podcast guide to investing for millennials and other new investors were there some podcasts you were listening to any financial ones for instance where you thought i like that but i reckon we can give it our own spin
0: Yeah, the biggest one was uh, the investors podcast that I was really vibing at the time, still is perhaps the biggest investing podcast in the world at the moment. It's been a good learning experience for us to see how they started out focusing on what they thought was their target market, which was really sort of beginner investors as well, but they were very advanced traders and investors themselves. And as they built the podcast, their content really started to shift away from that initial audience base that they'd grown to this very sophisticated, you need to understand what you're doing sort of content. And it's something that Alec and I often reflect on is the importance of just ensuring that we remain focused on the audience that we've built and what they want, whilst we ourselves have been able to, I guess improve our own investing journey and experience and, you know, our level of knowledge, if we start trying to impart that on our audience as well, then we're going to lose essentially what we've kind of built and really move into competing against these other massive podcasts that are already in that space. So, um, I guess I didn't really answer the question, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's, but it was, it's, it's just an it, yeah. interesting um, kind of looking back on what I started listening to them yeah. for. I don't listen to them now, yeah, um, because they've just like completely changed their sort of tact. Yeah. Um, but in terms of format, like Alec and I, interestingly, have gone through a period of. I think we started out with an hour episodes, mm. then we were like, "Oh, what's going to be the next?" Sort of way that people consume podcasts. So then we went to 15 minute.
3: Yeah, although we were terrible at sticking to that. <laughs> terrible <laughs> at sticking to
0: that. Then we kind of went to half an hour. And then we're kind of at that 45 minute stage yeah, from, from a format. Yeah. yeah.
3: I, I think podcasts are just so accessible. Like mm. a website, no one would have read, let's be honest. <laughs> um, and YouTube is like, video is a lot of work. It's harder to edit. You got to front up to a camera every time. And if people are consuming it, you got to sit down and watch it. Whereas for me, podcasts are this great medium where you can stick your headphones in and do something else. Yeah. yeah. And so as a avid podcast listener, um, uh, I've got a head for podcasting as well. Mm-hmm.
4: So. <laughs> it sort of just made sense. I think you're in familiar company right
0: here. <laughs> and they're super personal. Like you, we think we're talking to many thousands of people, but the listener is listening just you and yeah, the podcaster. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just that um, that format that is just so down the line, and you're just talking to so- just yeah. one one person. It's yeah. like talking to your mates. How did you come up with the name? Oh, oh, this this <laughs> is controversial.
3: So I I believe that Bryce came up with the name. <laughs> one of our mates is adamant that he came up with the name and told Bryce.
0: Yeah, I, I'm on obviously erring on the side <laughs> that I came up with the name. No. <laughs> We were just sitting around at the pub as uh, as you do, chatting about this because I think we'd started or you were overseas maybe, and we were yeah, like, yeah. "We're going to start this podcast." What should we do? So I was with one of my mates at uh, back in the day when World Bar was still yep. open. World Bar. Yeah, <laughs> over a couple of kettles. World Bar Wednesdays. No, we were it was there at work. Work after yeah, Wednesday. So no kettles on the <laughs> <Wednesday>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we just started chatting it out, and then uh, Equity mates came out because it was based off that. Uh, Combank ad yeah. where it's like Equity May. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we do it at the start of the episode. So yeah, we really didn't debate it too long because just kind of fit and we're like, hey, that really makes a lot of sense and yeah. away we go. It's stuck.
3: And you were overseas at at that time? Yeah, I was in the States. Just holidaying. Just holidaying, yeah. Thinking about a website that I wanted to build and yeah. then Turn into a podcast while I was over there. So you came back and all the heavy lifting was done for you, and that's it. That's yeah. it. Just walked into uh, the one microphone that Bryce
1: had bought, ready to go. So how did you work out your roles and responsibilities in that early stage? Then,
0: to be honest, like we never intended it to be what it is right now. There's yeah. just ten thousand things that we're doing that we would never have thought would be the case for us. The roles and responsibilities were really like record recording time. Editing. Barely a basic episode structure, and then editing for us that was just like, oh god,
3: editing sucks. Editing. Listening <laughs> to your own voice is the worst thing.
0: <laughs> had either of you done any editing before? I mean, I'd used Audacity, which we used in the first place to do the editing, and yeah, but like sound leveling, EQing, all this stuff, we had no idea. So we just, I think we just sort of took it in turns and mm. vibed it out, and whatever happened happened. I think, luckily enough, we have a relationship that's good enough that uh, if someone can't do it for a couple of weeks because of work commitments or whatever, then the other one sort of picks up the slack. There's none of that sort of, oh, my God, you've been doing too little, but... Uh. We were
3: very fast and loose, I think is the- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the long and the short of it. Yeah,
0: in in hindsight, re- I think I regret not taking it more seriously in terms of sound quality and yep. that sort of stuff. Yeah. We really... I'm sure we would have lost a lot of listeners who came in and started listening and then just goes, what the hell? You know, there's cockatoos in the background and all this stuff compared to some of the high quality stuff that was out yeah. at, the, at the same time. I don't you never it, felt, yeah. <laughs> You never felt like that.
3: I reckon if we took it too seriously from the beginning, we wouldn't we have stuck it. with it because yeah, yeah. we're like, we're putting effort into this. We're not getting any listeners what's going on. The fact that we just sort of pumped it out, released it, saw, saw what happened, meant that when we got... Ten listens to our first episode. It didn't matter. There's obviously some nice parallels, I suppose, between you know learning the art form of podcasting and learning about investing as well. I think you see so many podcasts these days start pretty professional. They don't get the audience traction they want, and they sack it. Yeah, like we know in the investing space, there's been a number of people that have started and then stopped. And podcasting is just about perseverance more than anything else. Like, to build an audience with podcasting is free. If you just stick with it, you know, and, and right. really try. I think we're an example of uh, that. Compound interest. <laughs> <That's>, uh,
0: <laughs> but, but we often talk about it, though, that we're very lucky that we're talking about stuff that we would be talking about at the pub anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah just we're happened. shit company at the pub. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Docs, finance. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah why we never get invited to any parties yeah. that. <laughs> it's it, we just happen to be able to record it and it works you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. it's not something that we've intended to be um what it is if but that it's makes a perfect sense hustle, yeah.
2: right yeah. you guys yeah. are
0: talking about what you'd be talking about anyway
2: mm. and you're increasing your knowledge base because right. you're using the podcast as a mechanism to talk to all these you know mm. malcolm turnbull all these yeah. people yeah. you know mm. that you wouldn't be talking to Absolutely. normally
3: fattening your pockets along the way yeah. Well, I'm not sure well, about that. Yeah. But
2: <laughs> so, how do you prepare for an episode? It's still pretty fast process? and
3: loose, less fast and loose than it was. But um, we uh, we know sort of what works, and um, we know we very quickly see what doesn't. Um, we did a book club for a while, and yeah. uh, that has fallen away because it, the interest. I just wasn't never read there. the book.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> but for us, I mean, the main thing is obviously interviews are key we're now doing two episodes a week and one episode a week is an interview and then in terms of the other stuff you know now we've got a big enough community it's sort of what are people talking about in our facebook community what's uh, sort of taking our interest and then i guess back in the day it was the same thing it was like let's, what are we interested in let's just scratch our own itch because if we're interested in it other people will be i so like the relevant.
0: chase of getting guests <laughs> 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 Well, it's, it's fun so, I probably do a majority of the booking, but if Alec you know, has a guest in mind, but then from an episode prep point of view, Alec will probably get a, a majority of the notes on the page, just a classic Google Doc situation yep. and if I've done absolutely no prep, then I just come in and interview Alec and away, <laughs> <laughs> away we go. <laughs> so, it kind of works out well. But And that's another side of the podcasting stuff, getting that content schedule organized and making sure that you're across the success of the episodes enough that you're not just doing it because you think it's good. You need to make sure your audience thinks it's good and and obviously the guest side of things has been awesome from a growth standpoint because – you get good guests on, they promote it themselves and that yeah. sort of stuff. So it's yeah. been a big learning experience for us.
3: There's but such a there's such a social proof with guests. Like we used yeah. to any big guest that we wanted to get was a real challenge. But you know, we, we interviewed Malcolm Turnbull earlier this year. Yeah. Now everyone sees that we've interviewed Malcolm Turnbull, so it's like, oh well then these guys must be legit. Yeah. So it's all about landing that first and second big fish and then using that as social proof to get all your other guests. Definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when did you do the first interview? Was that how far Ooh. into
0: their journey? Episode four, I was, think. Oh, uh, an- yeah. You're an- right. Andrew <laughs> Brown, which was just an absolute disaster. Yeah. Because...
3: No, nothing on Andrew Brown. No, nothing he's on not Andrew right. Brown. Yeah. Been... All on
0: us. He's been, he's been back on the show about six times. Yeah, like, yeah, our yeah. audience love him, but again, took in the shitty little mic. And this time it was like, you know, we were three meters apart with this tiny <laughs> mic. Pretty social middle. distancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, what did he say? And we, was, we were so bad at interviewing. Um, And I think that's a skill Mm. we've really picked up. We went in with a list of questions and didn't really think about the flow or anything like that and just let him talk. Mm. We didn't really understand how to interject, move the conversation on, Mm -hmm. extract sort of stuff from him that wasn't on our question list and then he spoke for about three hours and we're like, oh, my God. We're (laughs) we're, we're going to have to do a two-parter here. (laughs) There's some self-promoters in the finance industry who can go. Obviously, you
1: know, you talked before about, you know, maybe sometimes you might have a couple of weeks off between the podcast or something like that. Do you try to stick to a schedule and knowing, I suppose, you know, the content that you're talking about, it's fluctuating markets and things like that. Having that sort of stuff remain relevant.
3: Yeah. We we very much try and stay out of the fluctuating markets. We think way too much of it is day to day. uh, like Way too much of the coverage and all of that is up 3% today, down 2% today. That's all bullshit. Like At the end of the day, that means nothing. And so many people make money from clicks and views and stuff with that. So we try and avoid that. Um, But in terms of keeping to a structure, we do two episodes a week, Monday and Thursday. We're pretty locked in on that at the moment. Um, But back in the day, it was pretty ad hoc. I think there was weeks um that went by when we didn't release anything but consistency is key with this stuff if you keep showing up in people's podcast feed and they keep listening it builds like yeah. a relationship with your audience it builds consistency um so yeah two episodes a week is sort of our sweet spot, sweet now.
0: spot? yeah, yeah. Mm. and we've often i mean we get ourselves in holes sometimes where we just have way too many interviews booked and we're just like snowed under but in terms of our monday episodes It's sort of on a Thursday, we'll shoot the text, hey, what are we going to talk about? And you're like, oh, I don't know, what's going on? (laughs) kind of figure it out and... (laughs) Happens to work out. So. Yeah.
1: And you're obviously balancing this with, you know, your own personal lives and, yep. you know, work lives as well. Yep. I hear retirement might be
4: around.
1: How do you sort of balance that? And, and, you know, in particular, I suppose, like the, the kind of voice that you have on this, be you know, how you want to speak to people in your regular work life. And do you find that there's a bit of a sort of disconnect there? Or do you find that they kind of align quite well?
3: I think we approached it quite differently. Um, you were quite open with your work about doing the podcast. I, on the other hand, kept it completely separate, like compartmentalized those two parts of my lives completely to the point where... So I I work for Coles. Bryce works for Woolies. Coles first found out about my podcast and investigated me because I was working with someone who worked at Woolies. And that was when I had to reveal to my team that I was doing the podcast. (laughs) I kept it silent for as long as possible. Just because, you know... It was a different world. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And now they play it over the loudspeaker on the (laughs) aisles when everyone's shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Equity Mates is starting to take off now. What was the first time when you thought, shit, we're podcasters now?
3: For me, uh, we interviewed Alan Kohler in our first year, the uh, ABC News finance guy who, like, I grew up watching, you know, my parents watched ABC News, all of that. Mm -hmm. And he was the first guy that I was like, yeah, wow, like, this is like a celebrity, I guess um so that that was a high um how do your parents feel about the podcast they they didn't get it for ages yeah Mm. yeah my grandma called it a blog for like three years (laughs) (laughs) so close (laughs) try telling your parents you're gonna quit your job to do a podcast (laughs) oh my god i I first started thinking (laughs) about quitting right before covid happened and i was pretty committed to doing it and my dad was like you're an idiot if you quit during the worst like economic times in you know our lifetime Uh, So, I held off for a little bit. But yeah, I think for them, podcasting just isn't really a thing. Um, Since maybe like the last 12 months, dad is now obsessed with podcasts. Like every time I see him, he's like, listen to this podcast, listen to that podcast. So, I think he gets it a bit now. And you see overseas, like the money that they make in America and stuff like that, it makes more sense. But yeah. It was a learning curve.
1: Are they devotees of yours now or are they...
3: Uh, I hope
4: so. Yep. I not haven't, I haven't <laughs> asked you them question. every time yeah. you go around.
0: <laughs> did you notice anything that helped grow the audience? It became obvious that having guests were very important. Yeah. And so, we just made a conscious... I think it was after speaking with you guys, actually, that <laughs> um, that we did, you know, committed to doing the regular weekly episodes. But I do remember like i can sort of visualize the listener chart that we had and it it started it ground along for ages like to the point where if we didn't enjoy what we were talking about we definitely would have thrown the towel in i'm talking 100 listens 110 <laughs> yeah like and it just sort of ground along ground along and then all of a sudden you just we just started to get this hockey stick um and we were like holy shit, we're onto something here don't know what it is but uh it just kind of came that numbers obsessed, and, yeah started playing around with things and what episodes work. And as as I said, we played with our formats and played with different ways of structuring episodes and that sort of stuff. And then that hockey stick just sort of kept growing and, you know, you just start getting on a roll and away you go.
1: Did you do much to promote it outside of analysing what was working for you?
0: I mean, this is where we've been super fortunate. I think in the first three years, we spent 300 bucks on marketing. Yeah. Like the the majority of it, yeah, just came all through word of mouth, which was, I mean, we did facebook posts but never paid for it none of that and it was just one of those and i think that's why it was such a slow burn because you know someone tells their mate who tells their mate and then incrementally grows and grows but we were fortunate enough we've got to where we are through word of mouth which has been awesome yeah that's
2: unreal yeah when was the first time someone recognized
3: you in public oh Uh, i remember do you i don't think it's happened to me sorry so if anyone's listening and they (laughs) want to come up to me you could be the first when did it happen to you
0: No, it was both of us. I don't think it's ever happened to me individually, but we were walking through Melbourne to our live show a couple of years ago, but we weren't at the venue. But it was obviously someone who was going to the show and they're like, Hey, ran and, and we were, were carrying like, your posters like, at the time? <laughs> <laughs> Probably because we had equity mates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've ever had really had that sort of, oh, you guys are from equity mates. No.
3: Nah, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh,
0: it's funny though. When, pe- when we post a picture of ourselves online, people always go, that is not how I picture you guys at all.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's
0: probably, they wouldn't even know what we look like. I mean, the pictures on our website are so <laughs> outdated. <I> still have, <laughs> you still hair. have hair. We'll get to that. <laughs> so when did you decide to do a live show? I mean, that's a pretty big step. Two years ago. Yeah,
3: we've done a few. We've yeah. done
0: four live shows now, yeah. yeah. So we did um, one a couple of years ago through the um, General Assembly sort of yep. organization in tandem with Beta share. Beta Shares. And it was an experience. We had no idea what to expect yeah. and, uh, you know, looking back at the presentation we made, it was just rubbish. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and the microphone didn't work. Yeah. And, but we were just stoked. At the end of the day, we had no idea who would come. We had no idea what our audience looked like. Mm,
2: it's all one uh, way, isn't it? Yeah, it's just yeah.
0: so one way and we rocked up and, I don't know, maybe the first show we did there was 80 people yeah. or 100 people or something and we were just like, we can't even believe that 100 people have come to this thing. Uh, like, yeah. It was a good moment for us to be like hey this you know this could be something um and then yeah since then did a couple more and did a couple last year in Sydney that sold out very small venue but uh <laughs> I, sold out I, sold out
3: I, yeah. I like to say my mom got turned away at the door so that's oh. something. <laughs> Were you bouncing as well
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's a photo do not let the in uh, What did you learn about your audience
3: um, that they existed?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Much broader than I thought they were. It made me realize that what we thought our target market was from an age group was not really the be-all and end-all. There was, there was a, a, a lot of a greater sort of diversity in terms of the age of people there, which sort of made me then say, well, actually, this is great because we've just kind of opened up even further yeah. the amount of people we can be trying to speak to.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah. I think having a chat to some of them afterwards, you speak to them and you're like, you
3: guys are smarter than me. Like you know more about investing than me. Why are you listening to a podcast? But it's just like people want content and you know, there's there's not enough content for a lot of these people. So I think for me, it was like our audience. Yeah. To Bryce's point, isn't just young people trying to learn to invest. It's just there's a lot of interested people out there. Definitely. And they feel like they can relate to,
1: you know, the journey that you guys are on, obviously, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, just their own sort of paths that they've gone down. Yeah. And then yeah.
0: classic moments, like, they'll come up and they'll be like, oh, I remember in, like, episode 15 where you said so-and-so. And I'm like, dude, we've done, like, 250 <laughs> episodes. There's no way I remember <laughs> what I said. <laughs> leave episode. my mouth and yeah. it's gone. Yeah. I, just, I can't yeah. even remember what I said in the show we just did. <laughs>
2: so how do you get most of that engagement with the audience? Is it via socials? or yeah.
3: Yeah, we have a Facebook group, which is probably our primary, um, you know, point of interaction. But, you know, we're across all the socials, Instagram, uh, Facebook, a little bit on Twitter, TikTok, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, but
0: We're we're also really trying to bring listeners onto the show. A lot of them would love to come on and talk about the stocks they're invested in, some of the bits and pieces that they're learning. So, we try and, I guess, facilitate that. Yeah. you know, vet them before they come on. Just yeah, to I was gonna say. Sure. So how do you how do you work out who's <laughs> not getting to duds. Hey, yeah. we're get final
3: edits, so it's all good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's a yeah, a fun little piece that we're testing at the moment. Was
1: it a bit of a learning, working out sort of what you know worked on Facebook, what worked on Instagram, Twitter, etc.?
0: We left it very late on yeah. all socials. To be honest, yeah. we we just so focused on doing the podcast that for a lot of it we were just like stuff trying to grow a community on. Yeah, Facebook and Instagram but regret not regrets but we're really building it very quickly now yeah um, our
3: podcasting numbers compared to our social numbers there's a big difference because we yeah. left it late mm-hmm. but full credit to Bryce like he dragged me kicking and screaming into social media I tried to avoid it for as long yeah. as possible. Yeah. You didn't even
0: know the password for three yeah. years.
3: <laughs> There's a running joke, like in our Facebook group, that no one believes that I post as Equity Mates because no one believes that I, yeah, I have the passwords. Already. Yeah, yeah, the password is Equity Mates.
4: <laughs> and it's, it's, I hope it's not. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Hold on a
3: but like for any, if anyone producing a podcast out there, you just got to do it. Now you got to be where your audience is, and yeah. if your audi- everyone's on social media, so you got to do
0: it. It's yeah. also interesting though that I, I definitely think think a, a number of people on our socials don't listen to the show. Right. That, yeah. I think that they come in, find our Instagram, just love the, co- you know, get they're the, the Instagram warriors who just memes and have, yeah, get the banter, engage through that forum. Because you have people reach out, oh, you, you know, have you spoken about blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, if you're actually listening to the show, mm. we did that literally last week. So... Bryce uh, revealed to me last week
3: that he didn't get memes though, so (laughs) (laughs) uh, if anyone wants to help him understand. Memes. (laughs) Oh, no.
2: (laughs) So, I mean, I guess in sort of summary, what does someone get from your show?
3: Uh, Really, hopefully the information, but more importantly, the confidence to start investing. Nothing has created more wealth for more people than the stock market. It's the greatest wealth creating machine the history has ever seen. And it's never been more accessible than it is now and yet so many people never get started. Mm. So, if there's one thing that we can do through the show and through everything else we're doing, if we can give people the information they need and the confidence they need to actually take that first step, take control of their investing journey and just get started…
0: That, that's a win for us, and that was in a very serious tone. there are elements of en- <laughs> entertainment elements of entertainment and engagement absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's not just all serious that's uh I guess that's what a lot of our listeners sort of say anyway it's uh, an enjoyable entertaining way to understand more about finance so.
3: Have yeah. you heard of any success stories with your listeners? uh yeah heaps I mean yeah. we we always get messages saying you know like you know you guys help me get started and all of that stuff um we haven't found the next Warren Buffett yet in our
0: community no. but uh hopefully one day feels like covid's been a real game changer as well for a lot of people yeah surprisingly yeah. though i always thought that when we hit a recession or some big economic activity or another serious market correction then equity mates itself would might be in a bit of trouble because a lot of listeners would be like that's the last thing i want to be thinking about it's been the complete opposite. We've had people pouring into the markets that were dormant for three or four years or had never invested before mm. and it still confuses me as to why now is mm. the time yeah. that people want to be punting on
4: Afterpay.
3: We had the perfect timing of releasing our second series, get which was Get Started Investing, 12 parts. Uh, basically, all the lessons we'd learned condensed into a 12-part series. Yeah, We released it in January 2020 and then two months later the market collapses and loses half of its value. So, there would have been people that listened to that podcast, started, two months later lost half their money. <laughs> and we, <laughs> we were expecting people to, you know, be cursing us out, being like, this is why you don't invest, too risky, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But we didn't say that at all. And so, I think, I think that shows, you know, we all grew up with the JFC and yeah. everyone was sort of really scared and then saw what happened afterwards as the stock market just shot up and people, you know, tripled their money if they bought right at the bottom. And I think a lot of people learned that lesson during the JFC and applied it this time. Mm. So, you know, people weren't cursing us out on social media or people weren't selling out. I think people, despite the scary situation, held firm. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, a lot of people probably were trying to take this sort of power into their own hands, I suppose, and sort of trying to do something that was somewhat within their control as opposed to just having outside forces suddenly, you know, put you out of a
2: job. All right, guys. Time for some podcast recommendations. What are you guys listening to and what do you recommend?
3: Uh, I'll do one investing podcast, one non-investing podcast. So uh, I think the best non-equity mates investing podcast out there is uh, Invest Like The Best, hosted by a US fund manager, Patrick O'Shaughnessy. So um, unbelievable interviewer. So I'll recommend that. Uh, In terms of non-investing, Uh, I'm a little bit of a US political junkie and as things ramp up towards November, uh, Pod Save America, the US politics one, I've uh, been pumping a lot
0: of. I'm somewhat podcasted out, to be honest. (laughs) 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 I think, uh, well, Invest Like the Best is also my favorite podcast for finance. If I was to think more locally, though, uh, the Investors Podcast or the Australian Investors Podcast by um, Owen Raskovitz is well worth checking out. But otherwise, look, I'm just a obviously a Hamish and Andy fan. And outside of that, I don't really have a favorite to do. Just be like honest. a nice, good old book. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like all of this work, the last thing sometimes I feel like doing is sitting down and listening to a podcast. I'm more of a music guy. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. I got a few sport ones as well, like around the NFL. Um, Oh, and then obviously Batuta, the great cricketer. Some some High of those sport. ones are great. Yeah. <laughs> this this one. <laughs>
2: so you know both quit your jobs and you're full time on Equity Mates. Equity Mates Media. You yes. guys are on the way to becoming podcast moguls.
3: I <laughs> <laughs> <You're... laughs> don't know about that.
2: Following in your footsteps.
0: What's next? Tell us the plans. A big 2021 lined up. The immediate plans are to get more shows uh, launched in Equity Mates Media. That have got some. Um, exciting ones in the pipeline one called uh, meet pay love which is all about the money side of relationships no one likes talking to their partners about their money so um we're gonna hopefully break that down
3: yeah the most important financial decision you ever make in your life is who your partner is
0: yes yeah. yes so we've uh, got that launching on <laughs> valentine's <laughs> <We're>, day <laughs>
3: we really take the romantic side out of relationships <laughs> it's all about <laughs> money for us
4: <laughs> expect nothing less yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> And then we've got another one launching soon called You're in Good Company, which is uh, hosted by a couple of uh, uh, female friends down in Melbourne, which we're really excited for. So yeah, those are the two immediate ones. We've got a TV show on Ausbiz, which we've launched yes uh called equity
4: mates <laughs> very <laughs> creatively named.
3: yeah
0: and when does that broadcast when can people find that
3: so first episode first airing um we got to learn the tv lingo um is 27th of january 4 15 p.m and then it will be monday to thursday four fifteen. you can find it on osbiz.com which is a finance streaming service or on the equity mates youtube page
2: yeah beautiful we'll chuck yeah. yeah. all the
3: links in there how's nice. that been going on tv um, it's weird it's weird like you know we're used to podcasting we've done four years of podcasting but we just sit in a room and look at each other and talk into a microphone when you when the camera's on it's like a oh, where do you look you know yeah. you've got to look in the camera you can't look at each other Lies. what do you do with notes so um it's been a bit of a learning curve all the new terminology but it's fun it's once we get in the groove of the episode we're just doing the same thing we're talking about finance companies industries we love and speaking to experts
2: and a book Yes, my book. (laughs) Holy shit, man. (laughs) No wonder you had to
3: go full time, (laughs) bro. If we quit our jobs for this, we've got to try and make it work.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, big year book coming out later this year, which we're excited about. But look, it's just one of those years, I think, as you said, we've quit our jobs. We're just going to throw everything at the wall, see what sticks, and and, uh, we're enjoying it. That's the main thing. Yeah. 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 Fellas, you're living the dream.
2: Come a long way from one mic outdoors. I know. (laughs) know. Equity Mates Media, everyone look out. Watch out for these fellas.
1: All right, that's unreal. Well, guys, thanks very much for your time and thanks very much for obviously making a lot of Australians a lot of money and yourselves too along the way. That's
0: been a fun conversation. Yeah, thank you.
2: Well, that was Equity Mates. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Podcast. Ref, links to everything Equity Mates are in
4: the show notes.